0: Log Talk Radio. Oh,
1: Uh, what the hell is all of that? I'll get to that in half an hour, but it's worth listening to because fandom isn't just about going to movies and conventions. Amusement parks, obviously, with Disney, but even bigger, amusement parks have always been a part of fandom, especially in America. So we're going to go old school in the back half hour, but first, let me introduce my sexy witches. The first sexy witch, who died in Clifton Forge, Virginia. She's a regular of the East Coast horror con circuit, and my partner in crime, especially at awesome cons, is here. She is a horror fan, so a super fan of the Marvel universe in films and in comics. Please welcome to the show the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How are you doing, sweetie?
2: I'm so good. How are you?
1: Fine, and uh, we had a pretty fun weekend recently, and you were here. It was. Lots of ups and downs, but more ups and downs. And I'm really glad that we did it. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes because I got a couple more people to bring on. So, my second sexy witch, she's on the West Coast and she lives now in Seattle, which is awesome. And she's writing for Living Dead magazine. She's an aspiring filmmaker, published author. Or film geek to the extreme, regular participant in live action role play. Look for her wolfy attitudes and her personal writings on our popular blogs and YouTube channel. Please welcome to the show, The Sexy Wear Witch Queenie Todd. How you doing, sweetie?
0: Oh
1: Oh, uh, there's good. my howling girl. <laughs> oh, hey, I think we need to get some um, uh, tea and crumpets and and some steam and and work on and make her feel a little bit better today. So, but uh, okay. Well, uh, but other than a little illness, you're doing a you're doing good enough to be on our show tonight and listen to us gab a little bit tonight, Queenie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Fabulous. <laughs> Oh great! So, and um, here, yeah, and it, okay. and I'm gonna bring on the uh, my guest host now because he's just giggling and in, in the background. So <laughs> you might as well just bring him in. Uh, so the giggling person obviously is a guy. That's because he's my cousin. But I'll guarantee you, the guy is a bigger fucking feminist than I am, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, he is an. He's a wannabe actor. He's played Pirates in Shakespeare in Orange County area. He's uh, been a singing waiter. He's worked for Medieval Times. And he, also, he has hosted Pirate Parties at San Diego Comic-Con. And right now, if you watch him in his house, he's getting those geek muscles ready. He's doing his stretches. He's getting ready for San Diego Comic-Con, which is in less than a month away or about three weeks away. And you, from now, know and, you know it. You know it. He's a dizzy skeek to the extreme and be careful if you have a pin, he just might rip it from your cold, dead hand. His name is <laughs> the cousin Aaron Cozen. Please welcome the sexy witch warlock of Orange County. How you doing?
3: What up. I'm doing great. How are you tonight?
1: Oh, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm in a kind of a pretty good mood tonight, so I'm we'll bring it, you know.
2: You know that's the show that I- and that's a show that I would watch, The Sexy Warlock of Orange County. It would be like
0: like
1: it would be like the O C but with more witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> I am uh, totally, I'm. totally be down with that. Oh yeah, no. I think it's a million dollar idea. So <laughs> we make a, we have a lot of fucking good ideas on this show, ladies. We need to really like market <laughs> some of this shit. So, um, So how is
0: La La Land treating you out there,
3: Aaron? Uh, It's been a pretty good week. Um, You know, ignoring all the nonsense going on in Orlando and then some whack job trying to do some nonsense here at our Pride Festival here in L.A. Other than that, putting aside that in the (laughs) ugly real world, like you said, uh, Comic-Con, San Diego International Comic-Con, the... Comic-Con is now 33 days away or something like that. I was just at the Walt Disney Imagineering Studio in Glendale uh, picking up, as you could probably guess, more Disney pins. And we've got a huge countdown clock for Shanghai Disney. Uh, We're getting a lot of very cool video on Shanghai opening. And if you're a Disney freak, you've got to be excited for so many things going on there. And then, you know, like you said, uh, Knott's Berry Farm is all of 10 minutes from where I live. So, yeah, it's not a bad thing.
1: And we'll talk about Knott's Berry Farm, which is one of the oldest traditional amusement parks in the United States. It's definitely one of the largest and one of the best. And uh, so, uh, and in some ways, when I was growing up, Knott's Berry Farm was actually... The go-to music park. We went there more than we went to Disneyland because Disneyland to this day is mad expensive. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yep. you know, so Knott's Berry Farm was never as expensive, but uh, it still it gives you a lot. But we'll talk about more about Knott's Berry Farm in detail later because I love talking about that park.
2: Uh,
1: and uh, but. Um, we're going to talk about conventions for this first half hour myself and Erin Marie. Mm-hmm. We went to Awesome Con and it was pretty darn awesome. I it, I would it, say It so. was three Yeah, it was 3 days of nothing but panels and media guests and artists and a science fair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I, cost, I totally friends, Oh my costumes, god. I I totally crap. cost lots of cosplay. I mainlined panels most of my awesome con this year. So I went to a lot of panels, dragged Aaron to a few of them too. I saw Gray Delisle who works on Adventure Time. I saw the Futurama panel. I saw Matthew Lewis, but Aaron and I both saw it. Marie saw Matthew Lewis. Hey, Aaron Marie, tell them how awesome the Matthew Lewis never Longbottom panel was. Oh,
2: uh, he was so freaking cute. He <laughs> was just Adorable, honestly, and he especially when they mentioned like his nude shots and, and the, the artsy pictures he took, <laughs> he had no clue whatsoever that they were going to go worldwide. He naively thought that it was going to be this one tiny little magazine publication in one tiny little corner of England. <laughs> he apparently did not know how the internet works, <laughs> so there was a lot of internet embarrassment be- on his side.
1: Oh man, and underestimated the power of his fan base to find everything and anything that has to do with him. (laughs) So, and uh, you know, those those pictures were going to go viral. I mean, oh my God. And you know what? It's so funny because he's not as built up as he was in those photos. But if you look at him, he just owned it.
0: He should have owned
1: yeah. it. I, I just feel like he let his his parents
2: and his and his brothers, and he said everybody just kept, like, shaming him and making fun of him and teasing him and just made him feel bad. I would have been <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do you see the women the world over that want my cock now?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, J.K. Rawlings was asked about the photos, and she said, I've seen that, but I'm not gonna comment. It's like looking at my own son. He's gonna watch him grow up, you know. Uh, but, but he didn't just talk about that. He talked about all sorts because he also had his, oh, his movie yeah. was out, you know. And um, I, I recorded.
2: These, um, I recorded two things, and uh, one of them I absolutely had to record was somebody had asked him a question about Alan Rickman, and uh, I recorded his response because I knew that uh get an emotion like that, so it was still very hard for him to speak of it. You could tell.
1: Oh, God, he started crying. There was twice on two different panels where a panelist started to tear up and I started to tear up, and that was the second one. That was Matthew Lewis when he talked about Alan Rickman. The other – the other moment was when he mentioned and he did it twice to me. He mentioned Rick Mayall and Rick Mayall died last Aww. year, a comedian from England, and he was supposedly, to- uh he yes. said that Rick Mayall played Peeves and he had completed his shoot. So the, the 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 whole character of Peeves was cut out of Harry Potter, but the whole thing is in the can. So uh I think wow. we, we got to get that hopefully get that it shit was, out it
2: sometime.
1: It's like an, I, a, I a, an anniversary DVD, DVD release
2: or something, you know. Yeah, or that'd be great. I mean,
1: the, there's so much of demand for Rick Mayall stuff now since he passed. matter of fact, they're even having a uh, a big Rick Mayall media convention in England now. And it had it had its what? two years running, Yeah. Uh Heather Seabath, the wow. viewer uh, viewers' discussion advise has been out there. Oh, and by the way, congratulations to Heather Seaback, because she is now moving to England. She <laughs> loved it there so much. So congratulations, girl. Um uh, so um, yeah, woohoo. She just, she loves it there and now she's moving there. So but um that Matthew Lewis panel is excellent. Uh the futurana panel was excellent too, even though the mics were off off. This. Oh, my but that's another story Yeah. The uh, was, of course, it didn't help that we were in the back of
2: the room The Futurado yeah, panel but... Completely filled up And that was the first time we actually got to use My disability bracelet to the best of our ability We started doing yeah, that
1: Around <laughs> I, I was like We came down from Matthew Lewis to go to the Futurado panel And I'm like Look, it took us 20 minutes to walk down here <laughs> And see They let us in But they didn't let her have a chair. She had to sit on the floor. I was so pissed off about that. You know, they all. That's rude. Well, it was really full in there. I mean, I will say, but there were seats. It was really, it was the only panel I went to where I think the management was weak. Everything else was really good. Management wise, I actually thought AwesomeCon was really well. That every moderator showed up this year, Um, all the guests were mostly on time. Uh, you know, uh photo the only photo op that fucked everything up was on Sunday and that was Peter Cabaldi's photo op. Fucked up the entire afternoon schedule in the main hall. Oh. And um and uh was as that fact, was the photo I was
2: gonna say was that the reason that the costume contest on Sunday got canceled?
1: Yes, that's exactly why. Okay. And there was a lot of people that were pretty pissed <laughs> off about it. Um and uh, but And and the Capaldi candle finally did not let out until after five. So that means that the floor also, people didn't get to go back down and go shopping. Uh, So it kind of like, um, it was, it really, really messed everything up. But I don't want to rank on it because that was the only real major issue there was other than I found some issues in the sound here and there. Uh, But uh, the show itself was quite good. I saw so much stuff. The artists were artisans on the floor were amazing i saw all sorts of stuff my daughter bought a handmade wooden clock with r2d2 to hang on our wall and i thought that was a good choice nice. and yeah and uh, um i got with my vip pass that gave me uh Special edition of Batman Rebirth number one, so I was like, "Fuck yeah to that!" Uh, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, matter of fact, that guy I think is actually coming to uh, to Third Eye Comics very soon, so I'm going to have him sign it. Um, so
0: um,
1: let's There's, see.
3: A, I, I, There's yeah. a signing in Glendale tomorrow, uh, Brett. Oh gosh, uh, for Batman one. They're they're doing a signing at a comic book shop, and I was thinking I might go over there myself.
1: Well, you should go because I I I'm so far liking this. <laughs> I'm liking the new Batman Rebirth so far. It's not as clearly as freaky people out as what happened with uh, Captain America and Hydra oh. <laughs> at least. Uh. <laughs> I mean, my advance. Like I said, last week last time we were on the air it was like if the fans like someone shot a puppy in front of the fanboys. Boy that they have a connection yeah. on that. I'm <laughs> so, I'm still uh...
3: not over that. But you're totally right. The D C you no, know, totally. Uh but you're I think you're completely right. The D C rebirth so far has been getting rave reviews from fans and from critics. It's been a great rollout so far.
1: So, well, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. So, Erin, uh, why don't you talk about our favorite cosplayer, Anthony? Because um, uh-huh. uh, at one point we had to split up. I went to the Gray Delisle po- uh, uh, panel, and Erin stayed on the floor to do some cosplay watching and people watching. And person sat next to her was Anthony. Aaron, tell us what Anthony, who Anthony was and what he dressed as for the two days of he was and that also awesome God. I was
2: sitting in the food court, and uh, this kid, he's 19 years old, you know, came and sat down beside me and started taking out a sandwich. And I just looked over, and it's King Joffrey. And mm-hmm. you know, he takes out a sandwich for something to drink, and I'm like, are you really sure you want to eat that? <laughs> are you sure it's not poisoned? And he, and I was like, you know you're going to get those jokes all day. He's like, yeah, probably. And then we started talking about his costume, which he had literally made out of curtains. He's scarlet <laughs> like, O'Hare at that. But it was cool. amazing. And it just started from there. I mean, we talked for three hours. The next day he had cosplayed as, as King George, uh the second from Hamlet the Hamilton and it was I mean, he did an amazing job. We have it up on our um our Facebook page, but he goes to He goes to VCU in the costuming department and he I was in awe of his guilt. Really, really mm-hmm. amazing job. Amazing. Uh, he,
1: two kings. Both, both tyrants, uh, Joffrey, mm-hmm. like, the kid looked like Joffrey. Like, he could have played Joffrey if, if he wanted to. He could have stepped into the role right there. Uh, and then, like, his King George II was perfect. The only thing he didn't do was the big-ass cape, which I can understand why he didn't do the big-ass cape. But he was actually okay. entering the contest with the king george II from hamilton and that was cool that he was entering with a hamilton cosplay so we were very happy about that cuz speaking of it
4: i'm
0: to stop my want
1: to congratulate my favorite musical just cleaned up at the dictatorship All right, so I have to say that right now. Uh, 11 wins, uh, which makes it the second largest winner on the Tonys. The number one is 12 for the producers. Um, David Diggs, which I just heard singing Lafayette, was my only one I wanted to win. He was up for Best Feature Musical Actor against two of his colleagues and won. Woo! Mm -hmm. I did actually win a Tony Awards, like you asked me to. I watched it. Yeah. For. They were awesome, weren't they? I've been watching them after they the fact. So I, I had really to,
2: to I had to um you know, go to IMDB and look it up, but Jessica Lange, that was her first Tony, so she is an EGOT now.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Jessica Lange won, Peter uh uh Frank Langella won, uh which was awesome. Uh I wanted to mention that um with the win from Color Purple, which I, I predicted <laughs> that the two from Waitress was gonna win. Um, that this was the first time in history that four African Americans took the main acting roles in the musical categories. So uh, you know, yay for diversity! That was one of the big big themes of the night. Was like, yeah, fuck the Oscars. We've got the diversity, and they're right. They do. That uh, was really. Really what's on the pulse of everything right now is Broadway is really, you know, they do that. It comes in waves. You know, some years are okay and some years are great. Last year was a great year. 2015 is revitalized history, is revitalized music, and people are fucking cosplaying it at conventions. So, fuck yeah to that. Anyway, all right, I'm off my horse now. <laughs> I just I had to say something. You know, I was all excited. Um, so, I, I didn't get to see the show. Aaron watched it. Aaron Murray watched it for me because I was at the Fly of the Concords concert on Sunday night in Philadelphia, which was very nice. So, uh, so uh, um, I was going to say, is there anything else we need to cover, Aaron? Because we still got a few so minutes. Oh, we'll Carl uh, Urban. Oh, yeah. Are we'll you forgetting about Carl Urban? Urban? Yeah, talk about Carl Urban. He actually dumped a whole bunch of information, or not even that he dumped information. what he wasn't telling us that was actually the big deal. So go ahead, Carl. Yeah, that talk was, about Carl
2: Urban. Um, the first thing
1: is the, every
2: other panel that we went in, we could take pictures. They allowed us pictures and everything the first five minutes of the panel. Um, and Carl Urban, we couldn't have our phones out. We couldn't record <laughs> We couldn't voice record. We couldn't take pictures. We couldn't do anything. And at first, we were kind of pissed about it. But once we got home, we realized that it probably has something to do with an upcoming project. Because he did mention, he, he flipped a little bit or hinted that he had a project coming up that he wasn't allowed to talk about.
1: Yep. and it was He big. was in talks, major talks yeah. for a major role. That was what he basically said. And so, like, Aaron Marie and I have been talking about it. Because also, I was like, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek hasn't come out yet. So they probably, if he spoiled something, they didn't want it going out on the web, on a video. I think they were more we worried all... about video than they were films. Go ahead. Hmm. So, wait.
2: Well, we know we all know how secretive J.J. J. Abrams is uh, with his, you know, non-disclosure agreements and everything like that. So technically, could it have been Star Trek Beyond? Simply because it has not come out yet, and JJ is still a producer. But honestly, we think it's either, you know, a role in the upcoming Star Wars film, or Indiana Jones. That's
1: that was kind of what we were guessing. Uh, Yeah, we're not sure. That makes most sense. He mentioned he was not under one, but he is currently under three non-disclosure agreements. Matter of fact, there seemed to yeah. be a theme in the panel because Kevin also talked about his run in with non-disclosure agreements with the Star Wars set. Uh, you know, yeah. By way, the way, pa- the Kevin Smith panel was great. It's exactly what you expect from Kevin Smith. You know, rambles on for hours and hours, but it's totally <laughs> entertaining. So uh, we really enjoyed Kevin Smith. I had a good time. With that with, show. With the Carl, uh, Carl Erber I did have to get up and ask him a question because I'm going to
2: get up and talk to the sexiest man alive, or at least alive there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually had a question for him because I absolutely adored this uh, one season Fox show that he had on uh, called Almost Human that got canceled, which was fantastic. I yeah. And I, I was the first person to get show. up. Yes, thank you. It was fantastic. And yeah. I asked him I said, Had it continued, where would you have liked it uh to have gone or do you know where the writers would have gone with it? And he said that uh, the next season was gone over the wall and basically it would have been a labyrinth within a labyrinth, within a labyrinth and just constantly figuring out the maze of this world because it was just extremely intricate but they didn't have a direction for it until the fifth episode so they had to go back and reshoot the first three episodes and they were stretching it instead of five hour five workdays, they made it into like six 17 hour work days. and he said he would never do television again after that or at least mm. he
1: he sounded absolutely disillusioned by the whole experience, especially with the Fox Studios, and uh, I was sorry That's to hear funny. that. Uh, but you know, uh, TV actors—I mean, actually, movie actors—have a hard time adjusting to TV schedules. Uh, directors too. Uh, mo- a lot of uh, most TV directors can direct movies, but not all movie directors can direct film. It's actually—I mean, TV—it's actually really, really difficult. Completely different styles. Uh, you don't did. have to be a good. Good at it. You just have to be fast. <laughs> so. but I
2: did get a really big applause uh, out of it. So hopefully he at least knows that he had a, a good cult for that that question. So I'm glad of that. And then um, the next I only person have... got up and tried to ask about it, called it being human, and he corrected him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. He said the, the guy behind her said, uh, was also trying to ask an almost human question, and he said being human. And I think with well, the way Carl Urban's response to it, he must have gotten that before, which I thought was pretty funny. So um, uh, I, I only asked one question in one panel. I asked Ron Perlman about Tril- City of Lost Children and the movie Last Winter, which are two of my yeah. favorite films, period, and he just happens to be in both of them. And he went into quite a detail on uh, – Lost Children, and I was very appreciative. And cool. later on, I saw him at the uh, um, uh, his sign at his autograph, and we talked about L- L- Lance Festerman, uh who he's really yeah. good friends with apparently. <laughs> um, but he talked about like how he got to the Lost Children was first of all I mean, he he wanted to do a film with these guys after seeing Delicatessen, but who didn't? Who after seeing Delicatessen <laughs> yeah. watched that film and go, holy fuck shit, this is amazing. Uh, and so he was looking for them, but it turns out they were looking for him too. Cause they were looking, they saw Kronos. So, uh, he, uh, oh. uh well, so, and so they were impressed by that. Uh Gilmo del Toro, of course. And, um, and they also like uh, were looking for someone that was not as French. And he he made a joke about about as anti French, you know, non French as you could get. And you know they found him. And so you know, and he's hmm. you know even though the world is French, I'm I'm not quoting it very well. He was he was really funny. He was raunchy and all the right ways. Uh, I really really love the uh, love the wrong Perlman. He's totally sincere up there. He realizes. He has a really good fan base, but here's the fucked up thing: he's um, the ma- the moderator leads off. Have you read your IMDb DB page lately? And he goes, "No. Why should I?" He gets all nervous. He goes, "Well, it- the first line says although he's not a bankable star, he has a cult following." Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, that's what it said, wow. and there was this whole theme, and, and there was this whole theme about him not being a bankable star all through this panel, it was like, what? Why would someone do that? Why would someone, who's supposed to be representing him, because you edit your own IMDb pages, why would they say that about him? Oh, no. <laughs> fucking Ron Perlman. Sure stir it things up. With I guess so. He has worked with some of the biggest directors on the planet and been in some of the biggest yep. films. <laughs> you know, to say Roman. nothing of
3: one of Cable's highest rated and uh, followed series, which is about to have a spin out, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it's yeah
1: exactly. Funny cause I'm never, I've never actually seen Sons of Anarchy, but I did, now I'm actually awesome. curious. Because he said... So Anarchy is supposed to be Hamlet with motorbikes. Yeah, okay. And I didn't know. Yeah. It was Hamlet with motorbikes. So now I'm kind of like, okay. I'm I'm down with Hamlet with motorbikes. <laughs> so uh I like biker gangs anyways. So, you know, it's all good. Um <clears throat> let's see. I'm trying you to You need think, to uh, check out
3: Animal Kingdom coming out soon, too.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I was actually holding off to my community calendar. It's a television pick tonight. But, yes, Animal Kingdom, oh. um, it, <laughs> it drops tonight, actually. So uh, yeah. go watch that. I can't wait to see Alan it. i really mm. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, oh, it looks so fucking good. I can't believe Animal Kingdom looks that good. Um, yeah. So um, who would have not thought that that movie would be a, a, a good movie to a, adapt to a television drama? i mean it's like wow maybe 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 with the yeah i guess breaking bad is really broke the mold and we can really have villains be stars uh i guess on television now so that's cool um so awesome con was awesome and once again i wanted to thank steve anderson for coming on our show last episode, so folks, if you want to listen to one of the people that was there on the ground floor of Austin go back to our previous episode and in the 930 hour talk to, uh, listen to Steve Anderson's interview. Uh, And um, I I also Yeah, well, he was super uber busy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Everyone was busy and and he had the main huge comic book represent right i did buy one of his special little kaiju he made they had their first exclusive third eye comics did for awesome con this year a a kaiju third eye comic kaiju so i have he's sitting on top of my sunken collection at work so uh, i was very happy i actually didn't spend that much money uh honestly i thought that the 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 autographs and photo ops were a bit priced higher than i could afford <laughs> and yeah. uh, and i still paid too much um the the cheap i mean it was the minimum was 30 i mean it was going up i actually was stocked like ron perlman was 55 he was five dollars more expensive than matthew lewis uh i didn't get matthew lewis's autograph though because a lot, trying to get near that line was, um <laughs> let's just say, <laughs> there was a lot of teeny boppers that would have probably, if I cut in line, would have probably killed me. So, <laughs> you know, there was tons of people in that line. Um, but it was a great time. Now, the coolest thing that happened to myself, and I wish Erin, because she's the porn with, I wish she came with me. The other panel I split off from and went to do, I went to Because of Queenie. I walked into the Nerd Lesk panel at Awesome Con. So oh, um, the Nerd... Yeah, the Nurlesque panel. There was there was four. They, they had it was four five people on stage, and they were talking about what Nurlesque is, which is basically cosplay for stripping. Uh, so you write a show based on their their shows. Matter of fact, the one coming up this weekend is Weed Inverse. So they do stuff based on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Serenity. And things along those lines. So imagine if you wanted to see Willow and Buffy finally get it on with Giles. This is your chance ah. to do it. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, so that's this weekend. And, and um, they also do this thing called Naked Girls Reading, which is literally what it is. It's a bunch of naked burlesque dancers sitting with chairs and, and glasses and reading their favorite books. And they're having their nerd off. This weekend too, so so I met these people and I was like, wow! Of all the cosplays I could walk into, this was by far the right answer. And it turns out mm. that two of them, night no, no, baby, two of them have agreed to come on the show. So um, and one of them is the official producer of the uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, was it? I forget what it is, uh, burlesque is coming, which is the uh, officially approved George R. 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 Ah. Martin burlesque show related to Game of Thrones, and they go on tour. So uh, that's Moxie LaBosche. She's going to be on the show in September with Sherry Sweetbottoms. By the way, Sherry Sweetbottoms got her name from Amber Sweet from Repo. So I'm really, really trying to get her to do a. I want her to do a Repo the Genetic Opera cosplay burlesque show. I think that would be awesome. So anyway, nice. so that was – so I got yeah, going to AwesomeCon. So – and, and if you want to, and folks, if you're listening, if you want to see any of these photos, there's some cosplay photos. I've ch- shot photos on every panel that I could, except for Carl Urban. Uh, we didn't even mention the Robin Lord P- Taylor panel, which was phenomenally good. Uh, he was so geeking out. It was his birthday. He was just adorable. <laughs> it was hysterical. He's like, woo, I look star!" <laughs> you know, it was kind of like. Well, uh, he I would, he was me. my
2: age and looked, I mean, he's like 15 years old. He was. Oh, my God, I thought he was in his, like,
1: like, early 30s, and no, he's almost 40. I a was like, wow, a he's 38. a 38. <laughs> he was awesome. So, Gore Vidal was his moderator. That was cool, too. So, Awful kind of ended up being a lot of fun, and I hope it continues, and I'll definitely go next year if it happens I, I again. Think, I, uh, think, uh, I think Robin Lord Taylor said my favorite line of the
2: entire convention, honestly. My favorite thing I heard was uh, when somebody was asking him about the roles he took. He said, "I don't discriminate. Queen needs a job." Mm. He was <laughs> and he pointed himself. He was like, "Queen needs a job.
1: Does Queen need a job?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So so it was a good time and and I, I'm so glad that Erin came with me and I know it was not easiest on Erin Marie on this whole thing it, but I'm glad she came and we and if, it, if she hadn't come we wouldn't have met Anthony and Anthony was the one of the highlights of our convention was meeting the the cosplayer that dressed as George the Second from Hamilton so uh, we're gonna change a new for friend. a minute. friend yeah, Mike made a new friend as as all of that uh, I have my guest is on on the line, so I'm going to have, have him wait just for a teeny bit longer. We're going to take a quick minor, minor break, and then we're going to come right back, and we're going to change gears. We're going to go from media conventions to more old school. We're going to talk about the original fandom, trolley parks, traditional parks, and the COO A rally at Knoebels Amusement Resort in Elysburg, Pennsylvania, in about a minute. I'll be right back. And we're back. Well, almost. I don't have a, for some reason, I don't have a microphone. Oh, there we are. We are now back (laughs) on the Sexy Witches. And, uh, well, um, so, one of the things that I like to focus on Sexy Witches, I mean, obviously, we're a pop culture genre type podcast, but. We also are into preservation of old sites. We love preservation of old architecture, movie palaces. We definitely are a huge proponent for drive-in movie theaters. All of us love drive-ins. To, at least two of us have a drive-in within driving distance of ourselves that we frequent on a regular basis. The Benji's here in Maryland, and Erin Marie goes to the Hall, which is a nonprofit drive-in in Virginia. So uh, we, we love our drive-ins, but we also love, At least I do. I love amusement parks. Uh, My particular favorite thing is rides, dark rides in particular. Uh, And in Inglisburg, Pennsylvania, there's this little gem of an amusement park. It is named Knoebels. Little is not really a right description because it's actually quite large for what it is. Just imagine if you were a family and you decided to build the coolest amusement park with vintage rides in your backyard. That's basically what Knoebels is. It's a giant backyard filled with amazing rides. And the Knoble family has owned the property for 90 years. It's its 90th anniversary. And uh, it started with a gigantic pool, which is still there, the Crystal Pool, and uh, started growing and growing. And one of the things they do is they have a very large collection, a decent collection of carousel organs. At uh, I, I forget the exact number. I'm sure my guests can tell me in a few. But they, every two years, they actually hold a rally, the Carousel Organ Association of America, because, again, fandom. If there's a fandom, there's a group to go with it, right? Um, They um, come on. They come every two years, and they all from all over the country, and they set up their carousel organs and their organ grinders. Some people have smaller ones, and they just set them off in the park, and they're spaced out, all sorts of events happening. And it happens this weekend, the 18th and 19th. So what a great day to do Father's Day. So I'm going to bring on my guest. Um, This is my guest. Uh, he is assistant to uh, a guy, one of the guys um, That I was talking to. Unfortunately, he could not make it on the show. But my new guest, his name—what? I'm sorry, Kent Zacherl and uh, he is a DJ. Supposedly, he's a super amusement park and mechanical music enthusiast, and he's been helping with the event. So please, Mr. Zacherl you're on with the sexy witches. I hope I got your name right.
4: Oh yes, you did. Thanks for having me. Oh.
1: Thank you for calling in. I am so excited to have one of you guys on. I've now gone to your event, two uh, events and running, and uh, this will be my third. Uh, I've been to Knoebels quite a few times in between as well. So I um, want to talk a little bit about the rally and how does someone get into mechanical music and why is it, why is it, why are calliopes and organ grinders and stuff like that worth preserving?
4: Well, a little bit about the event. Um, It's this weekend, as you mentioned, the 18th and 19th. We will have organs playing all over the park from opening until closing. On Saturday, that's 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we'll have over 50 organs, and like you said, ranging from small crank organs up to huge, massive fairground organs from all over the world. Um, You know, some were made here in America, some were made in Germany, Switzerland, all over Europe. Um, It's just a really neat hobby, Um, and a rally is just sort of something like a comic con or like a bigger convention that like-minded people just sort of get together, bring their favorite things, and, you know, enjoy the company and really enjoy the music. And the reason we like to choose a place like Knoebels is, one, they're so welcoming and two, because there's a great public outlet. You know, Knoebels has tons of people at the park every day, and being able to have a rally at Knoebels and, you know, bring all these great, rare, antique music machines just, you know, it really exposes the public to what we're trying to do. And um, the reason for preservation is because, just like anything else, like, you know, old comic books or old pinball machines, they are important. They're an important part of history, and for a long time... If you didn't have someone in the family that could play music or there wasn't a musician down the street or you couldn't afford to hire someone to play music, you didn't have any. So these machines kind of filled that gap for a lot of businesses and places with carousels and skating rinks to actually have music playing without having to hire someone.
1: It, it was like having a jukebox in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, except for you have gigantic rolls <laughs> and books. In yeah, bag, exactly, so.
4: exactly. And, um the after the the band organs and player pianos came out, they actually had devices called Nickelodeons and Orchestrians and even coin operated music boxes that were essentially a jukebox. So you could, you know, pop a nickel in and that's where the term Nickelodeon came from. because you'd keep popping nickels in to keep getting songs out of this player piano.
1: I, and you'll see a few of those at Knoebels, too. There was a guy um, last event had a you could actually play his uh, Nickelodeon. It actually had a keyboard, so if you wanted to go up and play it like a piano, you could do that. And I thought that was pretty cool. And there was one in the back, which was a modern one with a bunch of MIDI triggers, and you could actually program songs. It had a computer program, and you could actually go through and pick a song, and it would play like a guitar, a drum, whatever. Uh, but the, but the real crowning jewel is the well, the ones that he was talking about is the large uh, large organs for like uh, like Trudy. Um, do you have an organ yourself, sir? Or do you? Uh, what is the name of your organ?
4: Well, I actually do not. I'm you know in the process right now of wanting to build one. Um, it's just a massive undertaking, and I'm looking at things like scales and size and what exactly I would like to build. Um, but I personally don't. I have a few player pianos and a large collection of roles, four player pianos, band organs. Um, yeah, I currently don't have a band organ, but it's something that I sure do want. Um, like I said, I'm planning to build my own.
1: I, I want one too, but just having a place for it is is a is a, a, a feed unto itself because they they unfortunately, except for the smaller ones, take up quite a bit of space. I mean, and you have to have time to tinker on it. I was talking with one of the guys. He had, it was his first time putting it up, and he had built the thing from hand and it had wood blocks, and he did all the wood blocks himself. And it's just like. Hours and hours of work to keep one of these to build one of these things, but when you're done you 've got this amazing machine in front of you um, and um, the, well and you don't have one, but I mean, you know a lot of these guys have come in year and year. What are some of your favorite pi- uh, or band organs that are set up in canobyl
4: well i'd have to say my favorite Favorite one that will be set up this weekend, um, I love the Kenobles collection of band organs. Um, for what they are, they're, they're incredible, and, you know, they have a lot of history in the park. Um, but my favorite one that does get set up is Trudy. I mean, I know the Wassons personally, and I just, I love that organ. It's, it's absolutely my favorite that will be there, uh, as far I, as I know. I don't have a list I, of who's I, coming, but...
1: I would assume Trudy's going to be there. She's always on all the, all the material. Um, Trudy, just to let these sexy witches know what Trudy is, uh, Trudy is mostly a wooden uh, band organ. She sits right in front of the Haunted Mansion in one of the best food courts in all of Knoebels. And that's another thing. And Aaron Maria can vouch for this. The food in Knoebels is, is some of the best in the country. It wins awards for a reason. And so the best thing to do is in the evening, I think it's on Saturday evening, Trudy, they set up, they're going to have a concert where they take people with actual instruments they sit in front of it, and then they uh, play with Trudy, which is really cool. I got some footage from that last year. Um, Trudy also has the best, my favorite roles. I mean, there's some really amazing roles that everyone has, but, like, some of the roles that Trudy has, including her Star Wars cantina role, which is, like, the most amazing thing ever, uh, just, mm-hmm. she is such a delight to listen to. And I'll just sit there with an ice waffle cone ice cream. They have these waffle sandwich ice creams there that are just, like, to die for. I'll just sit there and listen to Trudy for, like, I don't know, an hour plus <laughs> easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you go to my profile, you'll see Trudy. There's a picture of her I took um, from the first time I went. Um, so this isn't just She's about Kenobel's. She is incredible. Uh, Kenobel's, but uh, you know the, the the band organ thing is is, is just one step because Kenobel's in itself is also worth pres- preserving. Matter of fact, the family goes into parks and saves or salvages closed amusement parks rides, brings them back and fixes them up. And so there's some last examples of its kind in Kenobel. So first of all, the, the the band organs along the carousel. Are really, really, really amazing. I, I love the carousel, the, the, the band organs of the carousel. But the carousel itself at Knobals is also quite amazing. It still has the brass yes, ring, is. and I've never seen anything like it. I have dropped the brass ring. I've never actually won it. I dropped it. I was very upset. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't even make
2: my short arms reach it.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. John Hazel, our friend, uh, tall six foot four guy, won twice. Like he he goes up he goes, I got it walks up it's like how do you do that anyway uh, but uh, uh so Knobels is it also like one of the things they did um there was a Maurice Pier in Wildwood New Jersey had a fire and there was a vintage Bill Tracy which we've talked about on dark rides Bill Tracy was a funhouse and dark ride designer he had an indoor roller coaster um that Golden Nugget which burnt down and they saved the track, and they rebuilt a new roller coaster around it called the Black Diamond, which is also at Knoebels, and that's all nearby. So there's not just this, the this, uh, Oregon Rally. There's something for everyone all over the place. They even have at Knoebels one of those old-school air rifle Uh, machines with the moving metal parts the ducks go across with the targets and everything. And you'll just see some old-time Pennsylvanians there. They're sitting there, and they're just like, it's, like, really awesome. Uh, So... uh, uh it is a great place to set up these band organs and uh and uh get back to you kent uh, the cooa the carousel organ association of america you don't just do this at kenobel you actually travel all over the country and and set up these organs sometimes cuz i know there's events all over the place
4: correct yeah we've got um like but is one of the most attended events that we have but we do have, like you said, we have these all over the country uh, this year alone we've had a like we have a midwinter meeting in Florida that's hosted by one of our members. then we've had rallies at a uh, museum in Michigan, uh, Lake Winnipesaka in Georgia. Uh, we're having the one at Canobbles this coming weekend. Uh, there's going to be one in Ohio later next month in August we're going to be having one in New Jersey and and th- there's all sorts of things going on. People, when you tell someone that you are a band organ or amusement park enthusiast, a lot of times people laugh. But until they get to know the members, and it's sort of like a family, um, you know, once people get to know about the group and about why we're so passionate, they, you know, they usually understand.
1: I I immediately understood. But then again, I'm also your demographic. I absolutely adore, Mm -hmm. like, vintage ride preservation. Uh, Before Knoebels, my favorite amusement park in the country was Kennywood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And sometimes in my mind, Kennywood and Knoebels switch back and forth because they're both equally as good. And uh, I love traditional vintage amusement parks where the rides are. Uh, Knoebels has a, a roller coaster from 1960. And it's absolutely gorgeous. They have the oldest uh, old mill kind love, of love, love ride in the country at 1901, 1906, and it was restored in 1926. I mean, it's all like you know, it's like that kind of a place. It's like you walk in, it's like literally a museum of working parts. Same with Kenobel. Yeah, Kenney was a great um, part. And- yeah uh kenny i cannot recommend how much Kennywood, is and it was family run until recently it was now bought out by a company overseas but they run a lot of great little vintage amusement parks all over the eastern seaboard including dutch wonderland our our park in um amish country here and storybook land up in new hampshire which is this crazy kids park up there uh and uh my your your um, associate uh, Matt, Matt told me that you love uh, amusement parks, and you've obviously been to some of them. So, what some are your favorites, Kent? I'll go into mine for sure. And Aaron, I wanted him to talk a little bit about Knott's Berry Farm in a minute. But what about yours? Uh, what what parks do you like to go to on a regular basis and just enjoy the ride collection?
4: Well, my favorite park uh, for the longest time was Connet Lake. It's a small park situated just south of Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, But as soon as I went to Knoebels a few years back, it quickly beat it out for my favorite park. So I would definitely say that Knoebels is my favorite. Um, Like you said, they have a fantastic collection of classic rides, the best rated food in the world, one of the best coasters, the best carousel, and just the atmosphere is incredible. Um, And then right after that, I would say is Cognate Lake. It's a very small, it's sort of run down now, but it's in its rebirth. Um, but that would, I would say would be my fec- second favorite. Excuse me, um, park. <laughs> they have one coaster. It's the Blue Streak. Um, I was going
1: to say yeah, they have I, one I really... good world class roller coaster. So exactly,
4: exactly. Um, what else? I would say Waldemere. That's in Erie, Pennsylvania, and Kennywood are. Good choice. You know, yeah, those are my those are my tops. Pennsylvania. We have so... an incredible collection of old parks and fantastic coasters.
1: And, and and some of the not-so-great parks sometimes have hidden gems, too. One of my favorite places to visit for only a few minutes is in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and it's Lakemont Park, which is not a very nice oh, park. It's, it's like, r- run down, like, old. But they have the oldest running roller coaster in the world left in leaps of dips. And so it's worth a few minutes to go and spend the $2 and ride that ride because – it really is as old as it feels when you're on it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, sir, right?
4: Oh, absolutely. The Leap the Dips, it's, for again, what it's worth, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, the oldest operating roller coaster in the world, it's you know the only one that you can ride anywhere because it is the oldest. And, of course, there's Skyliner, which was moved um, much like the Phoenix at Knoebels, it was moved from a park, I believe, in New York, uh, it was relocated when they were looking for a bigger ride and you know that coaster itself is also fantastic. Um,
0: it's quite but normally large what people too. do.
4: Yeah, the Skyliner is a pretty big coaster and a, again a massive undertaking to move a coaster. But what most people do is they go to Lake Mont for the afternoon, get to ride a few of the rides. It's not a super big park and then at least what we do is go over to Del Grosso's, which is in Tipton, you know, neighboring town of Altoona, exactly. get dinner, and yeah. then ride the rides there.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, so, yeah, it's the, the, so gracies, the is, is is fun. I've done that exact tour where I started – in one park. I hit those two parks and I ended in Idlewild, which is outside of Kennywood, uh, Pittsburgh. It's a it's a kids' park associated with Kennywood, which also has some really nice classic vintage rides. And
2: DeGracios,
1: it used to be a corporate park. It actually was DeGracios Corporation, so you can still get, like, pizza and spaghetti and things like that, and there's a nice eating area, and they have one of the last Caterpillar rides that is in working condition, uh, which is another type of flat ride, which is hard to find uh so it um so there's that's the thing i love about pennsylvania is that there's little hidden parks all through it and mr my 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 associate here on the west coast uh aaron my cousin is a huge enthusiast of disney and stuff but he literally lives across the street from knott's berry farm which is also one of the oldest theme parks in the united states uh, they they are run by Cedar Fair, who also runs Cedar Point in Ohio. But uh, it, I, I would say on the West Coast, it's actually my favorite park on the West Coast. It's comparable to the ones we're talking about now. It's a little, obviously a little bit more mainstream. Uh, I'm going to give this to Erin just for a second. Why don't you talk a little bit about the history of 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 Knott's Berry Farm because it's actually kind of like a homegrown roots just like Knoebel's. It started with a restaurant, basically, and some jam.
3: Exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, way back in the day, and um, Knott's is this year celebrating its 75th anniversary, but uh, the whole thing started when Walter and Cordelia Knott, who owned a boysenberry farm, uh, Cordelia started selling her chicken dinners.
0: <laughs>
3: and uh, there got to be such a line of people waiting for the chicken dinners that Walter built the ghost town, a replica ghost town on the property. And things just kept getting added on to it and added on to it. And boom, you have the first uh, amusement park in America. And uh, the chicken dinner restaurant is still there. And is still one of my absolute favorite things about Knott's Ferry Farm because the chicken dinner is fried chicken, uh, mashed potatoes and gravy, cabbage with bacon, uh, the rhubarb in a cherry preserve thing, and it's just great. <laughs> it's old school. Um, uh, for the 75th anniversary, which is going on right now, they're doing all kinds of special little things, but uh, my absolute favorite thing about Knott's Berry Farm is uh, when we get into the Halloween season and we have Knott's Scary Farm, which is, we could do an entire show just on that. But, I mean, their mazes are are just out of this world and uh, they get lots of fun performers to, to come in and do shows. Uh, Weird Al did a great review one year and Elvira has done a bunch and they're all really, really fun.
1: And this is probably going to be her last year. She told me that personally. So if you. That's
3: what she's saying
1: yeah she's retiring elvira uh but that's actually one of the things I wanted to point out about traditional parks i mean as much as we love disney culture cuz we taught their fandom here um the parks you know the the parks like kenobles and kennywood and and Knott's Berry farm first of all you can go to these parks and it doesn't matter if you're a baby or you're an elderly there's something for everybody you could literally and that's one of the things i highly recommend eat your way through these parks and <laughs> oh yeah a great time uh, you know, uh, the the food in Kenobles is is so yummy, and there's some edgy stuff. They have like I just alligator... Have one alligator, alligator bites. Oh. That's,
2: that's
1: all I got. Alligator think, you know?
0: bites.
1: <laughs> My favorite thing is their bite bite, and 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 Kent could like vouch for this. I'm sure. Right close to where the uh, the world famous bumper cars is. By the way, the best bumper cars I've ever been on is in Kenosha. I mean, hands down. And they they let you smack your just smack each other silly. It's great. <laughs> um, but behind it, in, uh, right close to the kitty coaster, there's this apple stand. And when I mean apple stand, it looks like an apple. <laughs> and they sell cider slushies there oh my god
0: they
1: are Whoa. the best uh the cider slushies there i mean i go there and hit like i run out I'm like oh it's time to hit the bumper cars again gotta get another one uh, you know it's kind of my and right next to that there's a there's a there's a band show so if you don't even want to listen to the 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 um you know the organs there's also a free concert happening while you're there uh, there's always access plane um every time i go to knoebels there's something happening in the camper shell in the big band shell so and they're usually pretty good acts actually for local acts and uh uh, i'm trying to think all the wonderful things uh there's so many parks go visit these smaller parks you you can usually with a discount you can get in for 20 bucks if they have a fee um and like Kenobles, they're free it's free admission largest park in the country free admission you Every time to you buy buy talk those. about
3: Knoebels, I want to jump a plane and go. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I, just, half, half, the reason, half the reason I'm doing yeah. this show is to guilt you into coming out. Ah, I mean, ah, I brought on this. like, like Kent, Kent, Kent and I love this place. Well, and we will forever I think- I think you fucked me into it because
2: I've been feeling so bad for two weeks that I'm, like, sitting here listening to everything going, oh, yeah, alligator bites. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, when I was ex- you know what, just fuck it. I'm going to go. <laughs>
1: Yay! So, so Kent, um, what time does the rally officially start on Saturday?
2: Uh,
4: the rally starts at 11 a.m. and goes all day until the park closes at 10 p.m., And then on Sunday, it's from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's the entire day at the park, so we'll have these organs playing. And I can personally promise you, if you do jump a plane and go to Knoebels just for a few days, you're going to have fun. You're going to absolutely love it, and you're going to be hooked.
1: And and I hope to meet you and Matt in person at Knoebels this weekend. I will be around Trudy. You'll be able to see me. I'll be wearing um, this funny spirally weird colored shirt you won't be able to really miss huh. me because i'm going to wear my black light shirt for the ra- haunted mansion ride behind the uh, on Trudy. um so uh and so i hope to see you there but you know it, it, it's really oh. it's worth doing this is the best and i i'm so thank you for being on the show and 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 one of the things i also want to say is get there early these guys Everything starts at 11 in the park, but the restaurants and breakfast places are open early. And usually the Calliope's and band organs by them. The guys have already got them up, and they're already running. So you can have a little private concert for yourself before the park actually opens. And the cool thing about the park, the park opens kind of all at once. All of a sudden, everything starts up. Like someone flips the switch, and next thing you know, everything's running. It's really, Mm. really fun because you can walk into the park any time of day. Uh, and you're, if you're camping like myself, the sexy witches are this weekend, we literally are camping across the street from the park in the campground uh, at a little cabin, so we're going to stuff a bunch of people in a cabin and, uh, you know, and, and um, Kent, I'm walking, I'm offering you if you want to come by after the rally and hang with us, you're welcome to do that because we're going to hang, and we'll be mostly grown-ups, but there'll be a few kids too, and uh, <laughs> so you're welcome to join us, and uh uh, we will definitely. It, it's going to be such a great time. And um, do you have any final things, Mr. Zacherel, sir, um, before you leave? You want to mention about the rally or traditional parks? Uh, and I hope some people have listened to you and and, and want to come on, the, go to the show, go see them now. So, uh,
4: no, I don't have any other comments except come to Kenobel this weekend. It's it's going to be a fantastic event. And that's that's pretty it, much all I have to say. No, oh, well,
1: but that's all there is to say because the, the, I will tell you the organs speak for themselves, and and no, it's exactly. not like you're gonna have to listen. And, and everyone has different types of music. You'll have traditional reels playing John Phillips Sousa all the way to modern MIDI triggered computer band organs that play everything from La Bamba to metal, heavy metal <laughs> to Star Wars. It, it's it's really a a unique time, and uh, I really highly recommend it. And the Sexy Witches will be at the COOA rally this weekend. Like I said, we will have a cabin. It's our first unofficial meet and greet. And if you meet myself or Aaron Marie there, and you say, why, well, hello, Sexy Witch, we will give you, for free, a copy of Friday the 13th on VHS. So come and find us in the park. Um, so once again, <laughs> thank you again, Mr. Mr. And I'll let you go back to your real world. And I hope we see each other at the park. And thank you for coming on Sexy Witches today.
4: Oh, we certainly will. Stop by the registration and say hi. We
1: will. We will. All much right. Love well, thanks you. for having me. Oh, thank you so much. So very cool. So that was Kent Zacherl of the Carousel Organ Association of America. And if you want to go, um, are you interested in the the association, you can Google them, COAA.org. But there's also lots of other amusement park enthusiasts, um, groups out there the ACE, the American Coasters Enthusiasts which focuses on wooden roller coasters which the Phoenix roller coaster at Knoebels is the number one wooden roller coaster in the world ranked right now um, you also have um, NASA N-A-A-P-H-A and they are the the, Historic Preservation Society and go to their website and look up, they'll give you lists of the oldest coasters in the world, the oldest trolley parks in the world, and where the last evidence of certain rides are in the country. And I've been slowly bucket listing that list. And with my visit (laughs) to Blackpool Pleasure Beach in England this year, which is one of the oldest traditional amusement parks in, in England, I have completed several of those bucket lists. So I'm very, very happy about that. Um, so yes, I go visit them all over the country. I go to London. What do I do? I go to an amusement park, <laughs> but oh, yeah. I go to a very special. But I go to a very special amusement park. Their oldest ride is from 1904. So uh, it, uh, Blackpool was awesome. They also have the number one water ride in the country, named Mahala. Um, Vikings have been Queenie. Vikings have been all through my shit this year. <laughs> I am so I, I- Vikings what have been I a major theme. Uh, it just kind of works. Your husband going to Norway, and we look nope. with the Viking show, and then riding the Mahalo ride at Blackpool, uh, and then going to see Stonehenge, of course, which is Stone Age stuff. And you know, I've definitely been paganing it up this year, so uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so. Uh, uh, I do, uh, and, and uh, we also see a NASA, and then there's laugh.org, L-A-F-F, and they are a dark ride preservationist society. There's also daft.org, D A S E, which is also a dark ride and funhouse enthusiast ride. So there's hmm. plenty of uh, associations and groups that help with preservation and upkeep of traditional music parks, and I'll try to remember to post those all on my Facebook page at some point. So it's 10 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. Well, so we're in the second hour and you know, uh, to quote Kevin Smith, you know, he 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 mentioned about Q and A that he had a uh a, some Q but a metric fuck ton of A. Well, I have a metric fuck ton of community calendar sexy witches and I mean so much of it that I would even say that like <laughs> It's so much of it that the June seventeenth could be its own show. There's that much happening. So there's a couple things in all of our areas. So let's get on with it. Oh, when I said this bag was heavy, uh, it's fucking heavy. Oh my god. I cannot. I wanna know what heavy metal about. music they
3: play on the organs at Knobles.
1: There was I forget. It was like Metallica, if I remember right. They had a Metallica. Okay. Type. It might have been no it might have been nothing. It's not a, this one wasn't really an organ. It was actually like a square glass box with a bunch of actual instruments with mini triggers mm. and it had a, a, a and it had an iPad type of programming device and it had a list the songs by genre and you could pick it and it would play no. for you.
3: I, I didn't really want to get into, I didn't want to get into a big, you know, who's got the biggest organ thing with your guest, but I did want to point out that the El Capitan Theater, owned by Disney, has a beautiful, mighty warletser inside uh, from back in the 1920s, I think, and our organist at the El Cap has been the the national. Uh, best organist in America like years running but you know I, I didn't want to say anything while the guest was on yeah
1: Cool, but that's actually played. These are the ones in Kenobel's are actually almost all of them are automatic, with a few exceptions. Right. There's a few cranks. There's a few cranks. A lot of them are run by computers nowadays. Even the older ones, which is kind of neat. There's a few that are run on steam. Uh, Most of them are done on electricity. Uh, And uh, there's some that are just horns, and there's some that are wood blocks, and I mean there's some that's full brass bands. It's. I'm really looking forward to seeing the
3: pictures from this weekend. Uh
1: Oh. There, I, I, I'll post them, as for darn sure. So, uh, let's get on to our our community calendar, which is of course once again we're going to COA rally this weekend. So come find the sexy witches, and you'll win a free VHS, yes VHS, as God intended, Friday the thirteenth on VHS, the way you should watch it. So we have for the first ten people, we will give you a free copy, haha. <laughs> if you find <laughs> us, so. Uh, now, uh, the big elephant, the Rune Media Convention-wise, there's actually two. One is actually in Los Angeles near near Eric, Cousin Aaron, and that's the E3 Expo at the Los Angeles Convention Center. It it started today. Um, the E3 is the world's premier trade show for computer, video, and mobile games and related products. Three days, leading-edge companies, groundbreaking new technologies, never-before-seen products. Often there's an announcement by i don't know apple or someone like that or or video game launch i think ba- i think um star wars battlefront is having a big announcement because there's oh, things God. coming out soon um you know their uh, new you know, x wing
3: think- thing is so beautiful it's insane
1: uh, the, new, the, new, the new Star Wars video games that are popping up are starting to look pretty cool. The Disney machine is really taking the hold. So so go to the E3 Expo if you're in L.A. and you're into gadgets because you're going to see every type of gadget there is known to man there at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Now, if you're not in America and you really aren't coming to the COA rally like you should be, pack your bags and fly tonight to Ansi, France. You are Ansi, France's. They're having the ANSI Film Festival. Okay, nice, Film Festival. But why is this on the list? I'll tell you why. They're having a master class. Master cast teaching, master storyteller, Guillermo del Toro. And he's mm. um, going to talk about his career. And he's also going to premiere a clip from his new movie, Troll Hunters, which is an animated film he did for DreamWorks. So that's mm. June 15th at the ANSI Film Festival. But I have some good news about this is that I, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but he's also doing a master class in July at uh the uh LA Museum of Modern Art I believe at the uh the one LACMA. of the museums in yep. you know, LACMA. The the LACMA in LA and he's doing a master class and an exhibit opens on the seventeenth of July. So uh And a signing. You know, August, Yeah so so he's, a, he's you, asking you go, that you
3: bring He's asking that you bring copies of Frankenstein or Bleak House, and there was something else, and they're going to be part of the exhibit, the first 500 people to bring copies in that, that the museum can keep.
2: Oh,
1: uh, Well, that's interesting. Uh, so Gilbert del Toro is stumping a lot and doing these master classes. These are the two I found, so the one in France and the one in L.A. coming up. So I'm sure there might be more, so look out for that. Um, And then, let's see, even more. then it continues on June 17th, if you're not going to Knoebels or if you want a little time before you go to Knoebels. On June 17th, you can go to certain music stores throughout the country. Radiohead is having a special launch party. Um, So here's a music choice for you. Um, It's going to be Friday, June 17th. It's all day. It's going to be globally. So it's an international event exclusive all-day audio streams from the band, competition, artwork, instructionals, and um, you can go to their website, moonshapedpool.com, and there's a list of the stores that are having the special streaming event with Radiohead, and one of them is in Annapolis! Yes! Woo! It, it coincides mm-hmm. with a... Fit, a it coincides with the vinyl release of A Moonshaped Pool, and then I think the day after it releases on iTunes, so people can finally download the record. I have listened to the record already, and uh, it's a pretty good record. Not my favorite record by Radiohead, but there's I played Burn Witch Burn on the show last episode. Uh, there's some really solid tracks from Radiohead this year, so we're happy with that. So go listen to the SoFan event, Radiohead, June 17th. Look at your local vinyl store, and it has to be a store that sells vinyl records. And I'm sure you know where one is. If you don't ask your nearest hipster, they probably do. Uh, Amoeba. um, Amoeba. I think Amoeba is on that list, actually. Oh, it Um, very much is. It very much is. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, continuing on June 17th, like I said, there's a fuck ton of things happening on June 17th. Here's here's a good one. This is Sacramento, California. So if you want to not go into Knoebels in Pennsylvania, you can drive up from L.A. and go to Sacramento. And their, their edition of Wizard World is happening there. And uh, not as big as what was happening in Philadelphia during Awesome Con, but it's a pretty good lineup. Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Evan Peters, and William Shatner are all headline. So you could go there. Um, now our, our associate J.K. of the Horror Happens Radio Show, he's been hosting some local events, and he also has one on on June 17th in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Uh, he's doing the Horror Happens Radio Show is doing a. Uh, uh a, a month a, a third Friday of the month for free, folks. This is a free event. We do cover free events here to make sure people there's something for everyone. At Spindy Round Records in Phillipsburg Mall. So another records thing. Uh, and from seven to eleven, every third Friday he's gonna have starting at seven, you have a guest meet and greet and signing, which is all ages, and a guest panel and then at nine o'clock is the 18 and over uh, short film screening. So that's on the events page. You can check that out. Now, closer to home here um, in Washington, D.C., we mentioned it briefly. Whedonism, a burlesque tribute to Josh Whedon. (laughs) The Evil uh, League, they're going to play at the Black Cat, which is one of the best venues here in D.C., and it's the fifth annual Whedonism burlesque tribute to Josh Whedon. So they're going to do homages and numbers with Toy Story, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, and Serenity, and and the the Dr. Horrible single on Blog, which they described during the panel. Oh, my God. Um, They also do Much Ado About Nothing. (laughs) And uh, the Avengers, uh, Sherry Sweetbottom, who will be on the show in September, uh, she's the producer of that show. So go see that show. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, There's actually quite a lot of burlesque like this around here in D.C. I kind of knew about it already, so it was kind of awesome to go into this panel. Uh, One of my favorite – uh, bars in baltimore um the wind up space they often have nerdlesque shows too and they do things like this as well so uh, look for your nearest nerdy girls taking off her clothes near you so uh how is everyone doing so far we just got through 17 but we're still got a long ways to go <laughs> um, <laughs> uh in santa once again you know you're you, aaron on the West Coast, you should be super busy because there's so much shit going down. Here's your chance, though, if you want to make it big. And, I, and Queenie, I think you should fly down and do this. Fly down to Santa <laughs> Ana to the Frida, the Frida Theater on June 18th. They are auditioning for the shadow cast of Repo the Genetic Opera. They're about to do oh, a shadow cast that. midnight performances. Sorry, uh, <laughs> right? So, and and, and it, there's a note saying, Can't please, I have no
2: movie. money.
1: I, I guarantee you, our, my cousin Aaron would make an amazing grave robber. He'd look so good in the costume, and he could probably sing the part, too. So, uh, I want to be Nathan. I, I want to be Nathan.
0: I should
1: be you crazy. Be, you can go crazy? <laughs> uh, I am well. a uh, Sorry. <laughs> anyway, well, once again, I still like it's seriously it's Bottom it's said she, she said she got her name Sherry Sweet Bonders from Amber Sweet, and I would and I would mm-hmm. just I'd love to see them strip with a nice gothy look like that. I would say that there's a cross market for repo genetic Offer and stripper, right? Oh yeah. Or, or I would <laughs> yeah. think so. so. Oh yeah. I think that would be so, a great. Market. Especially. especially with the whole but anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> so there's a lot of shit going on. Um. <laughs> So: uh, I'm going to bring it back to my end of the world. Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we have one really good beer um, refinery, in, not Natty Bow, no folks, not Natty Bow. Uh, Union Craft Brewery, which by the way, does really nice tours, if you want to go. They're having a 30th anniversary party on June 18th. It's, get this. It's for heavy met, the short heavy metal parking lot. Um, does anybody know in this group what a heavy metal parking lot is?
0: Nope. Sounds cool. No.
1: Okay. Hmm. Anything heavy metal parking? I believe it was shot in '86 on VHS, and what it is is this guy went to the parking lot of the now defunct Cap Center, which is where the Capitals used to play. They were having a Judas Mm -hmm. Priest concert. during their tur- their turbo period, okay, to give you a time period, I believe wow. Docin was opening for them. <laughs> I, I think if <laughs> I remember right. And so the guy just walks around and he's literally just interviewing people in in the in in the parking lot. Oh, and It is hysterical. Yeah. Cool. It is absolutely funny. This guy is dressed up in this zebra outfit. There's one girl going, <laughs> "What do you think of Hulk, uh, Mark Knopfler? I'll jump his bones." You know, this was before they realized they is gay, you know. It was just like it's just really great. And so and so, um Union Craft Bowie is having a special thirtieth anniversary celebration of 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 this famous heavy metal parking lot, which is so and you get beer and they're releasing a beer to go with it. There's a beer release. So yeah. you know, <laughs> I, 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 If I wasn't going to be at Knoebels, I would actually go to this. Because this sounds like so much fun. So, Baltimore, Unicraft Brewing on June 18th. The Heavy Metal Parking Lot, 30th anniversary. So, now, if you want to go a little more whole... Go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, last night, I I had to work, unfortunately. So, I had to miss (laughs) Star Trek Karaoke and Vulcan Ale release. But, damn, that sounded like so much fun.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: next says. time Next
1: time uh, I, You know it it just shows me that Nerds really Somebody are Somebody had to do Rocket I mean, Man,
2: right? Somebody had to do Captain Kirk with William Shatner's version of Rocket Man
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite story About that Can I just, just really briefly You know when he released Has Been Where he did uh, all those Great uh, old tunes, and uh, uh, there were some really nice duets on it. When they did the party for it, apparently, uh, he he did a bunch of numbers, you know, while everyone's drinking and everything, and then he starts doing Rocket Man, and he slowly unfurls a big old, fuck you, flipping the bird to everybody while doing Rocket Man. That's maybe my favorite modern William Shatner story.
0: Wow. Oh, okay. William Shatter. You know, it's so funny. He I love the William Shatter. shatter. <laughs> I
3: love the Shat. He's, he's,
0: oh. <laughs> he's, you know kind of
1: he's a treasure. He's always going to be my captain. Well, I did fist bump him last year, so my life is complete. So, uh, you know, you got to touch the chat once because he doesn't let people touch him. So if you get to touch him, that's special. So, um, now I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this back to Pennsylvania because as we know Pennsylvania is awesome with their old school preservation and um, one of our favorite places, Erin Marie and myself, is Phoenixville, Pennsylvania and the Colonial Theater. But there's wait, there's more. They have a lot of cool things in Phoenixville and one of them is called the Great American Pub. And on June 21st, if you want to get a little history with your monster movie, they're doing more. There's another beer party. This is called History on Tap. So you go there, get some beer, and June's subject is The Blob, a regional spotlight. And so they're going to have a history of The Blob and how it was related to the town of Phoenixville and where it was all shot on location and the story of, uh, of course, Shorty Worth, who was basically the ultimate independent film story. Uh, so uh, if I, uh, June 21st, I would love to go to this thing, and Florence the middle of the week, so I'm not going to be able to go. But if you're within oh. the Phoenixville area, go to this thing it's going to be awesome so I think they're even going to show one of of Shorty Yayworth's religious films during this thing which is he started as a religious short filmmaker so that sounds really really cool so that's Great American Pub in Phoenixville Pennsylvania whereas also Colonial Theater will have a Blobfest which we'll talk about getting closer in on the next episode we are doing a special Blobfest preview with Cy Rush who is a committee member of the Blobfest so we'll talk about that later um june 24th though our boys in atlanta pack their bags and go to indianapolis and we have the days of the dead we always love days of the dead here and sexy witches first of all they gave us our first press pass so they get a special place in my heart forever so thank you adolfo Odolfo Horta. You know, after hearing what happened at Space City Comic Con in Houston and how the Son of Anarchy people were like thrown out, not paid, no one was paid, things like that, it really makes me appreciate people like Adolfo Horta and Joe uh, of Days in the Dead and Joe Ripple of Scares and Cares, and how much time and effort, money and love they put into these events. So we love supporting the ones that support their fans. And, uh, and Days of the Dead is definitely one of those. They've already sold out, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. VIPs are all sold out, and they're almost completely sold out of, of, of uh, day passes for Saturday. So congratulations. Wow. Uh, pretty good lineup. Uh, they have a combination of wrestlers and actors this time around. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawnee Smith, Bill Semo of uh, uh, Pantera, uh, Sid Haig, Bill Moseley, of course, they're kind of staples of Days of the Dead, uh, John Hader, um, Mean Gene Okerlund, Tyler Maine, and Zoe Bell. Those are the headliners. That's June 24th in Indianapolis, Days of the Dead. So, And if you can't make it there, you can stay in the south and go to Knoxville, Tennessee. There's uh, Fan Expo down there. Huge, huge fucking lineup on June 24th. Once again, Bill Shatner, He's in his eighties and he's doing like events every weekend. It's ridiculous. Um, Will Shatner, Michelle Nichols of, of Star Trek, of course. Nature Boy Rick Flair, Barbara Eden, and Don Wells, which of course are Jeannie and Marianne, respectively. Leah Thompson, Sam Jones from uh, Flash Gordon, Mickey Dolenz of The monkeys, uh, which, Oh my God, monkeys. I would love to meet him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Vern Troyer uh, of uh, uh, Power. So. So that's Fan Expo in Tennessee. So that's a really nice lineup, folks. Um, and then last but not least, for Fan Expos and media conventions, uh, Brooklyn, New York is going to have on the 26th the Morbid Anatomy Flea Market in Williamsburg, which is literally what it sounds like, 35 vendors selling taxidermy, art bones, unusual activities, wow. obscure, obscure books, and more. Uh, it's, at, it's at a club called, get this, Queenie, you'll love the name of this club, The Villain. Club in, LA, in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> nice. so more, Yeah, Morbin and Natalie Flea Market. So, uh, but wait, there's more. That is just the media conventions and fan events. We haven't even gotten into film festivals and screenings, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So let me catch my breath. <sighs> <sighs> okay.
0: <laughs> We're
1: going to start over here. We're going to bring it back to June 16th, so this week, and something that I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen, and I didn't know I was doing this until the last minute, um, there, one of the things that started me as a geek was reading Ain't It Cool News with Harry Knowles. Um, Ain't It Cool News, of course, Harry Knowles has his annual birthday party, BNAT, which is a 24 hour film festival, uh, in, in December. And he plays first run in older films. You don't know what's going to play until you're there. And then you get a bunch of swag, amazing amount of swag. I got to go with my, da- my dad and BNAT 8. But a really famous thing happened at one of the earlier bnat a uh, while they were waiting, they, they had a, a space in between films, okay? And so they didn't want dead air, because as you know, I can't stop talking because dead air is the worst thing ever. And so they grabbed a video that said Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they put it in. And they just put it in, what is this, right? And it starts. And it is Raiders of the Lost Ark, except the ki- they're all kids. But it is exactly Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's shot for shot Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's with like twelve-year-olds, and all, and they go to pull it out because the real movie's ready, and the audience freaks out and says, "No, we are watching this!" And they watch the whole thing, and it ended up becoming <laughs> one of the most sought my sought-after fan films in my life. This guy, these kids did it when uh, right at the time it came out, Raiders of the Lost Ark in '84. They were like 11 at the time, and it took them seven years to do it. So they were all in their early you know, 18 years old by the time they were filming, shooting it. They shot every single frame of of, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, their favorite movie, but one. They couldn't do the sequence with the Ro-V, with the with the uh, with the plane going in a circle on a launch pad where the guy gets chewed up with the propellers. They couldn't do that. They didn't have the money for that. (laughs) But they did everything else. They didn't have a flying
0: wing? Aww.
1: No. They 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 had to replace the monkey with a dog. But supposedly it works (laughs) just fine. But what I'm getting back to is that there's also a documentary called The Greatest Fan Film Ever Made, which will come out on DVD on the 17th. But I get to watch it on the 16th at the AFI Silver Theater, followed by the actual fan film of Raiders of Lost Ark that Christopher Stromopoulos and Eric Sala made um, in the 80s. So I've been wanting to see this all my life. All of a sudden it comes up through my news feed that it's coming to AFI. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't care. I know I have this big rally the next day at the Oregon rally, but I had to do it. So I, got, I bought the tickets. And so that's my my f- special screening pick of the year basically, especially now the documentary is going to be available for the public to watch. So look for this documentary. Once again, it's called Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. And it really is because it's well before people could edit. I mean, they did it all themselves. And what's really funny, Marion Ravenwood, because it's shot out of sequence, like most films are, she goes through puberty and then she loses her boobs and she gets them back. So, huh. so it's pretty awesome. So, um, And, uh, of course, we're going to support our local drive-ins because on the 17th, Laytonville, Pennsylvania, James Harris, Doc Harris has been going there to see special um, camping events, and he went to Zombie Fest. They're having another zombie um, uh, event there, uh, except this time it's a Jordan A. Romero tribute on the 17th and 18th. You can stay there for one day or you can camp overnight in the park. Uh, The drive-in is showing June 17th, Night of the Living Dead, The Crazies, and June 18th, Day of the Dead, and Night Riders. So clearly Saturday is, or Friday is better than Saturday, but uh, it's, it's, it's good if you want to go see a bunch of George A. Romero's and camp out in a drive-in, go to Mahon, the Mahoning uh, drive-in in Layton, Layton, Pennsylvania. Um Up north near Bonnie Pavoni's area in Ithaca, New York, we have the Sinopolis special screaming of the Japanese Assassin Revenge cult classic Lady Snowblood. So there's a good one for you if you've never actually seen a good bloody wonderful martial arts movie um the colonial theater in phoenixville pennsylvania is also showing on the 17th wow i told you the 17th is crazy cloak and dagger <laughs> one of the most underrated 80s films i think with dabney coleman and the kid mm. henry thomas from from et really fucking good movie a lot of people miss it and first of all the kid's a gamer that in itself makes him cool <laughs> or at least not cool in <laughs> you know the traditional cool but uh, geek world cool and it's about a kid that's alienated from his family, and he uses an imaginary friend to get him into out of a very real espionage situation he finds himself in. So uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I really loved Cloak & Dagger growing up, so uh, definitely check that out. Um, and then we're going to, once again, Pennsylvania, Anthony Wayne Theater, our buddy, and Aaron Marie's buddy, Mr. Lobo, the horror host,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He's doing a... Sp- He's doing a special screening of Ed Wood's Bride of the Monster. Uh, it's a cinema, insomnia, and real cult real co-event. Cult cult so it also will include the Mystery Science Theater 3000 bonus shorts of Citizen Wood uh, to go with it. And there's going to be food, fun, prizes, giveaways, uh, some kind of weird oath. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, so that's also... So that's Mr. Lopo in Wayne, Pennsylvania, at the Anthony Wayne Theater, June 17th. Now, um, staying in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia at the Filamoca, Exhumed uh, Films, which is one of our favorite companies, they're the retro film horror film company, they're presenting that, the Filamoca, the films of Lee, Dem- I can't, Dem- Dem- I not even say his name, this guy, okay, you don't know his name, he, he's going to be in attendance, Lee Dem- uh, Dem- uh, Arbre Demarbre. You don't know his name, but you know his movies. He did Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. And he actually has several of these movies. They're really cheesy, 16-millimeter cult classics. And he's showing all of them. And the complete Harry Knuckles series with the director, this Canadian director in independence. I don't know. I don't know what Harry Knuckles series is. Does any of us know what the Harry Knuckles series is? I know what Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter is.
2: No?
0: Uh, I don't no, know. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No idea.
1: No idea. Sounds As fun. In, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it sounds fun. Um. I, I
2: let's
1: move out of I Pennsylvania. There's, a, there's so much happening in Pennsylvania over this weekend. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to pull it out and go down to Texas. And this is also important because I think it's starting to happen all over the country in simultaneous events like independently of each other. Last year, Alamo Ladras House for the anniversary of Jaws did uh, a special tour called Jaws on the Water where they went to various locations and they set up their screen and you got to sit in a pool on an on a inner tube and watch Jaws with your feet in the water. And, yes, they hire kids to go around with shark fins and do things under the water that you're not going to be happy with. Uh, <laughs> so, but there's also beer and, and alcohol. So, you know, what else is there to lack? It was so popular, they are bringing it back. And the first one of these is on June 23rd. It's going to be in DeVal, Texas, where most of them are going to be. Uh, And and they're also, the opening night is going to start with an Amity Island beach party before the screening. So definitely Jaws on the Water. Uh, There's a list of the, uh, Draft House has a list of the times and dates that this thing is happening. It was really, really popular. Um, You bring it back to home, and we have a film festival called Cinema Ephemera. It's Festival of the Unused Film, which takes place in Baltimore Station, North and Highland neighborhoods, so it's near, like, uh, train stations and things like that. Um, Over the weekend, they're going to be showing video screenings. Like, it's all the weird things, like, I love at the National Archives, weird drug educational films, like the, you know, the the venereal disease, military movies, industrial films, home (laughs) movies – Stag films, lots of stag films, uh, and archival odds and ends. So it's basically a found footage kind of thing, and that's at the, um, the Unused Film Festival in um, Baltimore. Um, bringing it back to Sacramento and their own colonial theater, they're having a horror shorts festival on The Love of Horror Shorts on 24th. And uh, it's actually an assortment of all the best of films from the past season, from the Sacramento Film Festival, which is a relatively large horror film festival, so uh, you can go see the shorts that have happened over the years. And on the 25th, back home in Queenie's Neck of the Wood in Tacoma, Tacoma seems to have a lot of things going for it. I've always liked Tacoma, Washington. Um, have you been able to get to Tacoma yet, Queenie?
0: Nope.
1: Nope. Have you actually have gone had the time. to visit there? Not had the time no. Yet. Have you gone no. there before? Well nope. not far from where you live. Um unfortunately <laughs> Tacoma's most famous thing is that there was a bridge in the thirties that like like was built improperly and it like bouncing Betty and it swang it, it actually in the thirty mile an hour gust fell apart. Like it's actually famous for that. Yeah. But there's a lot more going hmm. on to it. So Here's what – and this event is free, free, ladies and gentlemen. I love to add free events to the calendar. June 25th, Tacoma, Washington at the American Car Museum. They are having drive-in movie night. Join us for a car-themed drive-in movies on the uh, cool. Cobb family field where the cars are the stars. Grab a dinner and a picnic in the concessions. Watch it. Watch it in your car, blanket, or chair—either option. 40-foot uh, outdoor screen, so a nice big old screen for a, a blow-up. And their first, um, their first showing is going to be ET, the Extraterrestrial. Oh, how nice! So bring your vintage car and park it. Once again, the event is free, but it's extremely popular. So get there early. So um, you know. So, and then last but not least of the events in the United States, the one that I'm most excited for, the one I am doing, and the reason why we're postponing next week's episode one whole day is on June 28th, Tuesday, June 28th. And that would be, of course, the Rift Track Mystery Science 3000 reunion. I had Woo-hoo. to go, there was no way I was going to miss that. Um, it is playing live in Minnesota, and then it's streaming all over the country. Look for the list of theaters near you. Um, and I've already bought my tickets. Um, it's the first time in 20 years that the whole cast will be reunited together, and um, they're going to be uh, they're going to beam it via satellite to hundreds of theaters, and uh, that starts at eight o'clock. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, live, and then it'll be 7 p.m. Mountain and 8 p.m. Pacific, tape delayed. So you get uh, – and it's supposed to be like – if you get there early, it's supposed to be a pre-show trivia game and music, and, uh, and they're going to show some of their favorite shorts to the Mystery Science Leads 2000 catalog and do riff tracks. And I'm really hoping one of those is Bells Are Ringing, which is absolutely my favorite short – that they have ever shown on ms 3 k which is a um, promotional video, of, a promotional short to sell telephones. But it's about this weird housewife, and there's music and dancing. I'm going to see if I can find it and post it. So I'm hoping that happens. So let's riff track ms 3 k And because of that, we are moving the episode of that week of Sexy Witches to Wednesday, the 29th at 9 p.m., and that'll be our big blob fest um preview show we'll also be recapping days of the dead with son of cellulite nathan hamilton who does days of the dead every time in indianapolis and in atlanta and he's hosting the independent film fa- panel as as usual so uh that would be in two weeks on wednesday the 29th so oh, i can't believe it. that was it for the family and family events Uh, We're now down to just what's in the theaters and TV. So um, TV, we talked about Animal Kingdom. Uh, Aaron Cousin, do you want to talk a little bit more about Animal Kingdom and why you should be watching it starting tonight on TNT?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Animal Kingdom looks to be really fun, as you mentioned. It's uh, kind of a a, not really a remake, but it's uh, retelling. Uh, the story that's actually based on a real life story, the movie Animal Kingdom, which got all kinds of Oscar buzz. I don't remember if it actually ended up winning anything or not. Uh, was about um, a crime family. Do you remember?
1: I don't remember one. Jackie Weaver was up for Best Actress in that movie. Right. I mean, boy, is she amazing in that movie. I oh, don't she think ripped it, won it anything, up. Though. Oh my God. She ripped She's it up. I and mean, in the TV in
3: series, uh, it's going to be Ellen Barkin playing. The, the, the role of the matriarch Of this crime family uh, Moved from Australia To Oceanside, California Just, you know, down the road From where I grew up in San Clemente So that's going to be kind of fun And uh, Criticism um, you Because know, TV uh, preview week Was this week and you know everyone talks About how there isn't really uh, A TV season anymore Because things come out all the time But you still have these big budget things where the studios put out all their stuff and that was this week and uh reviews were mixed on animal kingdom but i'm really looking forward to it and it, it looks like it's going to be a blast
1: uh i, I w- when i saw it, it was coming up when at first i heard it was green that they were adapting to a tv series i was like oh my god are they gonna really be able to pull this off but you know, like I said, in, in this Breaking Bad world, post Breaking Bad world, where you can have villains be the stars of your movies now, or your TV shows now, not just a supporting character. Uh, you know, uh, this show could totally work. Uh, oh, hey, <laughs> really, Tony really
3: Soprano. Could. I think I think the Sopranos broke that mold even before Breaking Bad.
1: Yeah, but that was also HBO, and HBO is premier True. channels. You know, uh, cable and basic. Broadcast a little bit different. They're still controlled by the FCC, so you know they their yeah. hands are tiny bit tied, a little bit more. However, as <laughs> Queenie watches Vikings, she'll see they don't pull their punchers sometimes on those cable stations. There's some bloody, bloody gore coming out of them. I really appreciate it. Speaking um, of bloody, bloody gore, I have one more TV pick, and it's on the 20th. Actually, I have two. First of all, tomorrow. John Williams gets the Lifetime Achievement Award from AFI, so I think it's on ABC. So go watch John Williams, the composer of Star Wars, get a lot of love. And then on the 23rd, one of my favorite shows on television, period, BattleBots premieres on ABC for 10 <laughs> episodes. <coughs> this year, lady sexy witches, and I'm going to try to get someone on from the show. I actually know a couple of the people working on the teams. Well, I know people that were working behind the scenes, helping with the robots. So we have two teams to root for this year. Um, So let me give you the names of the teams that everyone should be rooting for. Pyrobots. Yes, Pyrobots. (laughs) So you can imagine what their (laughs) weapon is. Uh, Team 1396. And then Birchbots, which is Team 54321. So 5421. So look for those teams and root them on during the 10-run episode of BattleBots, which is so much fun. I love the original show. There's just something really satisfying about building a robot and then just, like, attacking with them, you know, blowing things up. <laughs> and they added fire to this season, uh, this new uh, version. Fire of now, everything I'll tell better. you, it's, so everything, it, it's, it's pretty. It's so same I don't think the fire does very much, though. You watch it, and it's like, oh. you know, big flames. like they're melting wire casings, it's really not doing all of a lot. But fire does make everything better. Fire, fire. So from mm-hmm. premiere. <laughs> and, and I will try to see if I can get someone from one of those teams to come on the show and talk about it, because that's an amazing experience. To, and these kids um, – I know that they, they, they're really, really smart, and some of them are working on the Daffa project, which is the big Japanese robot that they're building. They're building yeah. a giant mech robot to battle against the Japanese one, and uh, they're, they're working not mecha, on that They're too. Gundam,
3: yo! We're gonna have real yeah, have, life Gundam.
1: Real life Gundam oh. project. Yeah, it's it, it's also, cool. yeah. also helping. They're saying that the Dar- the DARPA pro- the DARPA project or the DARPA pro- challenge is also helping battle bots because it's 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 training the drones to drive themselves. So uh, you know, so all of this is related. So uh, do you DARPA. want
3: Skynet? Do you want Skynet? Because that's how you get Skynet.
0: Yes, uh, right. it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one
3: other TV thing I want to throw in really quickly. Uh, It premiered last night. I have it on the DVR, so I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Brain Dead, which is this political dramedy uh, that, uh, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, the reason Washington sucks so much, Aliens. I'm not saying it's Aliens, Aliens! but it's Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Alien and uh,
0: (laughs) I I buy that. And it's
3: the same couple who did The Good Wife, um, Robert and Michelle King. And again, mixed reviews. But I have it on the DVR, and I'm really excited for it. Um, it will.
0: It will drop
1: on Alien. <laughs> Amazon Prime is going to get it first run on the 16th. So if you don't watch it on regular television, you can stream it through Amazon Prime as well for free. So. Uh, Tony keep an Shalhoub. Eye on Tony Shalhoub could. is
3: great in everything. I would watch Tony Shalhoub read a phone directory. It's good. And oh, Tony yeah. is doing comedy. Fuck yeah.
1: So, Oh, yeah. It, it, it looks tell. like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Amazon Prime has a bunch of stuff coming out this week. Um, 616, Trumbo, starring Brian Cranston. Trumbo, Dalton Trumbo was a famous writer. He wrote, Johnny Got His Gun, was blacklisted by the American government. Uh, this is his biopic. Totally worth watching. Brian Cranston. Um, so. Brian Cranston and everything, once again, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, we mentioned yeah. Brain Dead that comes out officially on the 17th, so that would be a couple days. Um, but also, a horror film. That I, I, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but a lot of us love the memes. It's called Southbound. It comes out on Amazon Prime on 620. And Southbound mm. has this, if you look at the meme, gigantic winged skeleton demon thing ripping a guy's, like, like tongue out and, and and punching through his head and it, it's just meme you just hmm. see everywhere on the internet. It's, it, it, it's totally you can watch that I don't know if it's on if Prime on six twenty. So guys, there is some hardcore horror in there. Uh, Netflix doesn't have a lot in the next couple of weeks, but they got a couple of standouts. Uh, 616, uh, yeah. you can. Uh, Orange seasons, is the new black. Week. Yep, and Orange is the new black four. <laughs> yep, and on 1622, the Academy Award winner uh, Spotlight comes out on streaming. So, um, you know, so get ready for that. Um, so that's basically all my instant stuff, but the, once again, this is, we're in busy season, theatrical picks are insane. Okay, this week, okay, just yes, this week, Finding Dory comes out, Eli Roth's Clown comes out, and once again, Raiders, the story of greatest film ever made comes out. Hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. Six twenty-four. Are you ready for this? All right. Independence Day resurgence drops. The shallows. <laughs> the horror film drops. The biopic diploma drops, which is supposed to be incredible. Eat that question. The Frank Zappa in his own words documentary drops. Swiss Army yeah. Man, which is the Daniel Radcliffe farting dead guy film, that drops on there. Nicholas Winding Refn's new film, The Neon Demon, he directed Drive and Only Gods Against, drops. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's western, The Free State of Jones, drops. And Woody mm. Harrelson has a western called uh, Duel coming out. <clears throat> and then a New Zealand film called Hunt for the Wilder People, directed by the same guy who did What We Do in the Shadows. And last but certainly not least, Wiener Dog, directed by Welcome to the Dollhouse, Todd Salandez. Uh, comes out. All on 624. So if I you think don't you're have, forgetting something. What am I forgetting? You are so forgetting. Um, if, we're, if
2: we tell uh, Disney, hello, Finding Dory. I said, I said Finding no, Dory.
3: No, she did this, say Finding Dory. In fact, I, I was going to say, a little more. warning pro tip, parents do not get Finding Dory confused with Eli Roth's clown. You're going to avoid all kinds <laughs> yeah. of trouble. Yeah, don't do it. I'm just saying now. Not the
2: same. No, no.
3: Thank you. Important safety test. Thanks, Egon.
2: Also give original fan kids of of, uh, Finding Nemo the first chance. Don't take it. I saw, like, this post on Facebook, like, an hour ago that was, like, people that were 12 years old when uh, Finding Nemo came out. It was like, don't bring your kids to the movies the first weekend. We don't want your crying babies. Give us first shot at it because <laughs> this is serious business to us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
3: oh, I, I know something you, you you passed on when you were discussing Netflix. Voltron, uh-huh. Legendary Defender.
1: Uh, up yeah. and- I did talk about it. I did talk about it briefly last week, but yes, we should remind people right. Voltron did drop. And so far, the oh, reviews man. I've been getting, it's hokey. That's what my, the reviews I've gotten. Really? It. But it's still fucking Voltron. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, have to see. I loved the original Voltron. The original Voltron and Star Blazers were two of my favorite TV shows growing up as a kid. Love Star Thanks Blazers. To Bob Wilkins. Bob Wilkins like, introduced me to those, and also the original 60, 1960s Spider-Man. He played. He had a great set of, of, of TV, kids' shows on Channel 2 in the afternoon, KTVU, Oakland, California, what's up? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, and another film I wanted to mention, uh, a DVD Blu-ray release today. We have three major releases I wanted to point out. One I loved, and I will highly recommend, was 10 Cloverfield Lane a uh, really, really, really Ooh. strong, strong film. I highly recommend. John Goodman gives one of the best performances in years. Gina Malone's in it, and she's really good. Um, and, and But also, for the people that don't want to watch a horror film, even though it's really good, Eddie the Eagle in London Has Fallen also drops today. So we got a little bit for everybody. Ah, um, on, I, do have, on, uh, si- I do have one more thing. Go ahead. I okay.
2: completely forgot. What did we watch on Amazon Prime, Liz? Vikings? No, <laughs> between well, Mr. Lobo and I.
1: Oh yes, we did. Okay, yes. So we gotta announce that uh, finally, 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 Aaron Marie's movie, the remake of Plan Nine for Outer Space, finally dropped on Amazon Prime. A couple weeks There's ago. There's a remake so, of Plan Nine amazing. from
3: Outer Space.
1: You yes, there me. It is. And 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 Aaron has get this, Queenie. The girl has a bitch and death scene on camera, dead center, what? dies, full, full, full fat fall face plant. Beautiful. It's awesome. So I uh, know what I'm anyways. watching tonight. Thank you. Oh, I got it's it's very cheesy and ball, you know, low budget. But what do you expect? It's Plan Nine. It's a remake of a cheesy low budget movie. So, uh, so, Mr. Lobo's in it, and and Aaron's in it. You'll see some other local familiar uh Jerry Moore, who plays Carlos Forrest here, he's a horror host for Matt Monster Madhouse Melody. He, he actually he's doing this like Ponty Pool type radio imitation, and if you know what Pontypool is, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Radio DJ trapped in the apocalypse. Pretty cool. Uh, very silly movie, but yay. Erin, like I said, bitchin' death scene. I mean, she has several shots, but the death scene is my favorite. Four. Uh, there's, like, it, they put, put her in arm. a couple of costumes. Yeah, so... <laughs> so. <laughs> So don't forget that thank you for reminding me you got to make sure people know that so i mean there's a lot of good stuff on dvd blu-ray and instead and um 621 we have two films i wanted to point out well actually there's a couple more but first of all midnight special comes out which is stars michael shannon and and it was already out in theaters yeah. um it's a it's a science fiction film about a kid a, his prodigal son that may or may not be an alien um, and uh, supposedly it's like the sleeper hit of 2016. It's like what like El Machina was last year. Everyone's loving on Midnight Special, so you can finally see it on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, and then there's The Brothers Grimsy Bee, which is a comedy that's directed by Louis Leterre, who directed Now You See Me 2, which is in the theaters right now, um, and it stars Sasha Baron Cohen and Mark Strong. So good director, right. good cast. Uh, I can't see anything wrong with that. I'm not a huge fan of the Now you see Me movies, but I do like Louis Leterrier. He also directed one of the Hulk films, I believe, that was pretty good, the one with Edward Norton. So, uh, you one. know, yeah, so he's a pretty good director, so that's definitely worked um, the same. And then there's something called Anesthesia, starring Carrie Stroll, Glenn Close, Gretchen Maul, Kristen Stewart, Sam Watterson, Tim Blake Nelson. Don't know anything about this movie, but other than that, it has a huge cast. Oh, I thought I'd mention that. Uh, and that's it. I'm out. That was it. Drop the mic. I got through it. It was 10 minutes to spare. Does <laughs> anybody? Well done. Queenie, on your side. You I th- think you need to hydrate. Oh, I need a coffee. <laughs> that's what I need. Uh, so, Queenie, uh, uh, in your neck of the woods, was there anything that I left out that you could think of you want to bring to the table? Queenie, is she there?
3: Queenie, are you there?
1: I think we might have lost
3: Oh, no, I, I see her.
1: I see her. I see her. I see her. Uh, oh, you're still here. There she Hello. is. We lost you.
3: Here's my magic mirror. I see Queenie. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I'm the baddest Queenie.
1: bitch of
0: them all. <laughs>
1: oh, speaking of baddest bitch, I love that you dyed your hair black. It looks great, by the way. Yeah, Thank you here. look awesome. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Queenie always, always looks, looks great. great. <laughs>
2: Queenie always looks great. I wanna know. Oh, of course oh, yeah. she does. <laughs> but, the uh,
3: edge. Yeah, but the black really suits her.
2: Uh, especially in the summertime. Bad. You gotta go as black as your soul when the sun is that bright. That's right.
0: I need well, to I need I to some she... sunlight.
1: Go ahead. I was gonna say you have really bitching red eye um contact lenses that'll really set off that hair.
4: I know. So Yeah. I'm gonna probably fuck around with them at some point. You know, as I do.
1: Fabulous. Um, and I didn't know if I mentioned last episode. I don't know if I did. I don't think I did, but um I was to announce that I'm gonna be on my first panel for a media convention for the first time. Ooh. Um in Scares That Cares this year on the you know, on that Me. Saturday at noon. So killer <laughs> killer time for a lineup, but I'm gonna be joining uh, Mark, Mike Dolwyn and Philip Perone of the Dark Discussions podcast and the Game of Thrones, you know, John, Not, you know nothing, John Snow podcast, for a very uh-huh. special panel about the 200th anniversary of the uh, of, of the publishing of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. So um, <clears throat> I'm currently on a deep dive, re re Frankenstein for the first time in like 25 years, and I also have. All the Universal movies, and I'm about to watch all the Frankenstein Universal films. Yeah. uh, And I'm also looking up the story itself about how Mary Shelley wrote uh, Frankenstein, which honestly is just as interesting as the book she wrote because it. um, Are you going to watch Gothic? I probably will watch Gothic, just to refresh my memory, but I'm also going to look up a book that actually talks about it in detail. Um, A lot of people don't realize that uh, Frankenstein was written as a competition for a bunch of writers that were getting high and getting drunk at a summer house Mm -hmm. that year, and uh, that includes Lord Byron and one of the Bronte sisters, I think. Uh, And uh, so I'm looking up, I'm reading about that, and Mary Shelley won with Frankenstein. Uh, rereading Frankenstein has been kind of interesting because I, even though I kind of remembered a lot of this, one of the things I forgot completely until I reread it is that the whole sequence with the lightning and stuff doesn't exist in the book. That is purely made up from the, uh, the Universal movie. Uh, in the book, he suddenly is alive. They don't explain why. A matter of fact, she deliberately says she's not going to explain why. She just says it happens. So there's <laughs> no plot device to bring him back to life. But I guess that's okay. You don't really need plot device. It's not really about the monster. It's about him. Uh, the story is. So I'm rereading that. And I'll tell you how I. I'm gonna say how I feel for the panel, but it's been kind of fun to reread, you know, this book after all these years. So uh, that's that's it. Scares it cares, and I hope Aaron comes sees me. Uh, and uh, um, I'm all excited and scared. So and uh, that's cool. So. Uh, I'm out of stuff. I want to remind people that my next episode of Arc of and Sexy Witches will be Wednesday, Wednesday, June 29th at 9 p.m., not Tuesday. Not Tuesday. Wednesday.
0: Wednesday.
1: Not Wednesday. Tuesday. Wednesday. It will <coughs> be Hump Day on many levels that day. Um, I'm <laughs> going to give a uh, – uh, 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 Hump I'm Day with a cornwood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to –
2: Will there be a camel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there might be a dromedary camel. Uh, so I'm going to recap the Riff Track Mystery Science Theater reunion. And um, we're also going to preview Blog Fest, once again, with festival committee member Cy Rush, which is the definition of a geek husband. He's adorable. <laughs> he's in a swing dance, dancing, and he's a total... Uh, horror movie nerd. So, I mean, what is there not to like about Psy? and he uh helps run the costume contest at Blobfest. Um I I my dress came in the mail and I almost can't fit it, but I can zip it up with my <laughs> <Here>. <laughs> so I have my my uh 1950s A dress ready to go. It's in and sharp we silver. We have a corset <laughs> and I have so and I, found I have two and have dresses and and, capes and <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're set. We're getting ready for the blog fest, which we will be in attendance this year. I even confirmed my hotel room. So there's another place, Erin. I've got Erin on the West Coast. I have a hotel room for blog fest, so come out, come out. Right on, uh, right so, on. But we'll, we'll also be previewing, though. Bonnie Pavoni is going to be on at the top of the community calendar that episode, and she's going to preview the film festival Slaughter in Syracuse. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And of course, Mr. Aaron here on the West Coast. That's going to be his big San Diego Comic-Con preview. So he's going to come oh, on the show and God. talk about Comic-Con that episode. So that's all Wednesday the Absol- 29th. So
3: Absolutely. And, and a quick note about Comic-Con, quick note, um if you are interested in the things that we talk about in Comic-Con specifically and everything Uh, There is a website and a group that's setting themselves up to be the, quote, Netflix for geeks. And they will be streaming live all the panels from Comic-Con, as well as uh, apparently showing all kinds of geek TV and movies and da-da-da. Right now, it is free for you to stream. Uh, You're basically going to be their beta tester. You do have to give them a credit card, but they won't charge it. Until I believe it's July 25th when it starts becoming a pay thing, but you can go to comic-conhq.com and sign up and see all their wonderful fun things now, and then once Comic-Con kicks in, uh, they'll, you'll be able to watch the panels live, even as I will be doing so there.
1: That's awesome, and I know they're even going to add some highlights to that, so they said they'll probably be edited versions of them, but that'll be awesome, too. Maybe we'll get to see Kevin Smith's um, stream, and he won't be all alone this time. Poor guy. He went (laughs) into detail during his panel about the being stood up by J.J. Abrams and how, like, devastating it was to him at Comic-Con last year. That was hysterical. Yeah, no, I, I remember hearing reading about it when it happened on the web. It was like, oh my god, I would not like to be in him. Now I made a mistake. I said you were going to recap it. You're going to preview San Diego Comic Con on the next episode. No, I have you previewing it on July twelfth, which is all right. And I'm be, looking um, at the countdown
3: clock right now. It's thirty six yeah. days, four hours, fifty one minutes, and seventeen seconds. Mark.
1: Yeah, so July 12th, Aaron, Aaron, Cousin Aaron will be back on to talk about San Diego Comic-Con, and that will also be the recap of Blobfest, and Bonnie will be on to recap Slaughter's Here Kids, which we'll preview on the episode before, the 29th, Wednesday, the 29th. So once again, come back, join us, Sexy Witches. Thank you, Aaron, uh, from the West Coast for being on the show. Thank you, Erin Marie, as always, my porn witch and
0: mm-hmm.
1: partner in crime. And then on the, in the North, Pacific Northwest, thank you, Queenie, Todd, for being on the show. And once again, we no want to thank Kent. Oh, always love you on the show, girly. And then Kent Zacherl, we thank him from the Carousel Organ Association of America. And his boss, Marcus Chapman. Uh, for uh, organizing the rally, and I hope I get to meet both of them this weekend. Once again, I will put the event page for the CO rally and the unofficial Sexy Witch meet and greet on the page as soon as I'm done. Oh, and one more thing. The Madness, the poster drops tonight. So if you want to see what the Madness poster looks like this year, and uh, for my Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness contest in October, I am going to drop the poster very, very soon. So have a look for that. So once again... Thank you for being on the show, everyone. Good film hunting and blessed be. See you next Wednesday. We're gonna leave you with Weezer. Thank God for girls because Miss Erin is gonna go, that go see Weezer. And- Yay! Yeah, the next it's week. So woohoo! So here is Ooh. Thank God for Girls from the Y album. Good night all. <laughs>
4: The girl in the pastry shop with the net in her hair is making a cannoli for you to take on your hiking trip in the woods with your bros that you've known since second grade and you main kind of dragons are ruffians and be called upon to employ your testosterone in a battle for supremacy and access to females glued to the TV and even if you are victorious you may receive many cuts, bruises and scrapes and you will require band-aids and antiseptic missions and a loving kisses on you.
0: Closed microwave it on the popcorn setting while Adam was like